Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today is that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. So this morning I want to talk to us um, and just spend a few moments talking about Colossians. If you have your word, you can turn there. Colossians 4, 5. That's going to be my scripture verse. I'm going to be talking about stay attractive, my friends. Attractiveness. Attractiveness. Oh, when I was young, I remember I used to think to myself, why on earth do people go under the knife? They get everything lifted, Right? Get this lifted. You look at people in Hollywood and you're like, okay, you put their before and after pictures next to, next to them and you're like, okay, we can't even recognize you anymore, right? Anybody have any of those friends that all of a sudden they show up and you're like, okay, why are you, how did you get your lips so plump? What is happening, right? Until you get a little bit older and then you begin to figure it out because then you stand in front of the mirror and you do things like, you know, you start lifting things right? Because everything as you get older starts going south of the equator. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But all of a sudden, you, you begin to think about your attractiveness. I've never really been a vain person. I'm the person, you know, who on Friday, Saturday throws on a hat, gets in the truck, goes to town. But then as you get a little bit older, you're like, wow, wait a second. I've never seen that wrinkle before. Wait, wait, no way. And now I have one of those big magnifying mirrors. Why I ever bought that, I have no idea. I know why. It's for hair. But anyways. But I want to look at Colossians 4 or 5, attractiveness. So I, I kind of am the Dasakis guy. Not that I drink beer, but, you know, the stay thirsty, my friend guy. So today I'm talking about stay attractive, my friend. Bad reference. Colossians 4 or 5, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. I'm glad they turned up the lights because I feel like I have a prophetic word for the church today and I wanted to be able to see your face so that you know I say this in love. I feel like it's a message that we as the church needs to hear, especially for our time and for our culture that we're living in. In today's climate, how does the church stay attractive? I have a feeling, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but we have a problem with staying attractive right now. Scripture says we're the salt of the earth. I went in the kitchen and I got your guys a salt shaker. Scripture says we're the salt of the earth, and in today's culture, it's important that salt comes out of the shaker when it's turned upside down. But I have a feeling in the church culture, we've allowed other things inside the shaker. And you know what shakers are for? Shaking. And so the world looks at the church when the world is shaking to see what's going to come out, right? Sometimes we're not shaken. Sometimes we're mandated, and it's almost like we're not really shaken. We're hit. And what comes out? And the world goes, wow, I was looking for the fruits of the Spirit. 
Maybe they found something that was bitter instead. Paul is writing to the church in Colossae between 60 and 62 AD. And during this time, the reign of Roman emperor, he was actually a man by the name of Nero. Have you ever heard of Nero? If you've been around long enough, remember that was the old software that we had. Anybody remember Nero software when we had CDs and they actually helped you what? They helped you burn a CD, right? (laughs) Nero was psycho. He put his own mother and his sister to death. He persecuted Christians, and many in the early church actually thought that he was the Antichrist. He blamed the fire that devastated Rome on the Christians. The Christians were the scapegoat. However, Paul never once in his letter to the Colossian church, never once do you see the mention of the name Nero. Not one time. We see that later on Peter writes in 1 Peter 2.17, and they also believe that Nero was still on the throne here during this time, that he was still the emperor. And Peter says this. It even gets worse. He doesn't mention Nero. He says this. He says, honor everyone. What? Peter, you've gone to the other side. You've gone to the dark side. Peter, who is your father? I'll stop. And then he goes further, love the brothers and sisters. Well, that's the easy part. Fear God, okay. And then he says this, honor the emperor. What? Honor him? Many believe that Peter was referring to Nero when he said to honor the emperor. And even when the emperor is not worthy of honor, we're still instructed. Man, this is... This is Bible. I I hope I don't upset you today because if I do, it's the word of God. Theologian N.T. Wright said this, the main thing that the gospel was bound to attack was idolatry. Anything put in the place of the one God of all the earth becomes an idol, be it ever so useful, beautiful, or even sacred. Even the God-given Torah could become an idol. How much more than man-made political and economic systems of Paul's world and ours. Oh, God. I want to talk about some keys to attraction this morning. Keys to attraction. And I'm going to pick up the salt shaker because I totally have OCD. So it was eight and a half years ago, I walked into my very first recovery meeting. You say, Char, I didn't know you were an alcoholic. Well, I'm not. So I went to a food recovery program. (laughs) Let's just say I beat anorexia. (laughs) Anyways. I walk into my very first 12-step meeting. If you don't know, if you've ever gone to a 12-step meeting, they say the same thing. The first 15 to 20 minutes of every single meeting, they namely read the 12 steps and the 12 traditions. And so the 12 steps are for individuals, and the 12, the 12 traditions actually govern the entire group. I heard one member say this, the 12 steps keep us from committing suicide, the 12 traditions keep us from committing homicide, right? Okay, sometimes in the church, I'm always like, man, we need 12 traditions up in here, right? <laughs> but this is what tradition 11 says in the 12 steps. It says this, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. 
You'll never be driving down the freeway and ever see a billboard for AA. Step into recovery. You'll never see that. In fact, if you're on a cruise ship, they actually hide AA that there's meetings on cruise ship. And if you're ever on a cruise ship, you'll see a thing that says Bill's Friends because it's anonymous. They don't ever want a face put to it. They don't ever want someone speaking publicly for AA. The only way you ever really have known and heard about AA is that you ran into a buddy one time who you used to see was high all the time, and you said, hey, buddy, what's going on? Because they look completely different, and they said, well, I got into AA. I joined recovery. And so Paul is urging the church in Colossae to be a church that's based on attraction rather than promotion. So how do we stay attractive? I'm going to give this just really four easy steps because I'm completely linear and I like numbers. Number one, we stay attractive by staying positive. Now, I didn't say ignorant, not with our head in the sand, but we stay positive. In spite of all we know, we stay hopeful, we stay positive. Listen to this, negativity sown outwardly is reaped inwardly. And this is what I've realized in my own life. I'm telling you right now, my, you, you know our family, John. Man, we are, we are good. We are, we are quick-witted. We, are, we got a quick tongue on us, our family. And you know how sometimes in families you can get jostling back and forth, and that's fine. You can, some, call these, some families call it the dozens, whatever we call it. It's fun. But sometimes then you can even project that onto other people. You ever been in the store and you're like, whoo, look at, no way. And all of a sudden, like everything, you just, you're bent toward the negative. You can walk into a church. You can walk into a house. You don't see what's right. You see what is wrong. Maybe your words to your friends, you get together and there's a lot of gossiping that happens. Or, man, have you heard that? Oh, man. And then at the very end, you both say, but you know what? We're going to keep her in prayer. <laughs> right? Because now you got to turn it and make a little spiritual because you felt guilty inside. The Holy Spirit's like, stop it. You're like, okay. Right? And so I'm realizing that when I'm judgmental and I'm negative about other people, guess what happens? Yeah, it's true. Other people could start saying things about me, but the biggest thing that happens is what I start saying about myself on the inside. See, if I'm giving it out, it's coming back, and it's coming back tenfold. And then I begin to grow doubts about my own abilities. Whoa, what? Man, I'm preaching way better than you're letting on. One of my mentors used to tell me, she used to say, Shar, I want you to pray for someone the exact length of time that you spoke bad about them. What? I started talking real nice about my political leaders after that. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to pray for that individual for that long, right? The second thing is we take responsibility for our attractiveness for our own app management. You say, what are you talking about, Char, app management? Have you ever noticed if you have an iPhone or Android, I think this is probably how it works on an Android, that if you don't close the apps on your phone, it makes it run way slower? And did you notice this? It also makes your phone run hotter. So it slows down your phone, and it makes it more explosive. 
more hotter. Have you, I don't know if he's out of frame, more hotter. There we go. Uh, have you ever gotten that message that says, you know, phone needs to cool down? The temp warning. Listen to this. Right now, our climate is extremely hot. Anybody notice this? Right? And I'm not just talking about the weather. Right? I'm not talking about, uh, anyway, global warming. As a society, we have a lot of apps that are open. We have the COVID app. We have the inflation app. We have the politics app. We have police brutality app. We have brutality against the police app. These apps are constantly running in the background, and then all of a sudden the news brings them to the forefront, and they begin to stack up and stack up. And then we have our own apps in our personal life. Maybe we're dealing with a sick parent. Maybe we're dealing with the loss of job due to COVID. Maybe someone has passed. Maybe we're dealing with a rebellious kid or a depressed kid. And, or maybe we're having marriage issues. So we have all of these apps constantly running in the background. And we wa wonder why we're running slower and hotter. So when somebody says something and the, and the salt shaker begins to shake, see, what's inside been, begins to come out. And when you have too many apps open, you set yourself up. Sometimes we don't even know that an app is open until it's triggered in us. Am I right? We're like, oh, that's an open app. <laughs> so how do you close some apps? Maybe you need to reduce, like I did for myself, maybe you need to reduce the amount of time you spend watching the news. I'm not saying be ignorant, folks. I'm just saying, you know what? Your phone even has a limitation warning. Do you know that I recently put that on my phone? And it lets me know, you've been on this app for so long, and a little thing comes up. And, you know, you can hit ignore, but at least it's there. <laughs> Exercise and self-care helps to close the apps that are running. Very practical things. Spending time with the Lord. Saying, God, you know what, Lord, this is what's come up, Father God. Will you please help me through this situation, God? Because, see, I'm realizing that winning isn't winning the argument. It's not getting so many likes. It's not one-upping people. It's not being right. Do you know what winning is in this climate? Keeping your heart right. <laughs> right? Dr. Huddleston always says, I don't need a Savior in the White House because I already have a Savior in this house. Amen. See, the Bible refers to these things as the cares of this world. They make you run slower and run hotter. Listen to this, and I say this in love. Let's not squander our capacity on meaningless stuff. The third thing is we need to realize our influence and its power. Paul said in his second letter to the Corinthians that they were an epistle written in their hearts, known and read by all men. People are reading you, not in some weird way, not your poems, not some tarot cards, not studying your walk. They are reading how you react. They're reading and looking at you on what comes out when you're shaken. But in how you live your life, not in ink, but in your words and your deeds. 
I love that they came up with the app on Starbucks that you can just order your drink ahead. Anybody else like this? Anybody else in a need uh, Starbucks recovery <laughs> group? <laughs> what are you here? I'm sure I'm a recovering Starbucks addict. I love the order ahead app because you get there and you're like, what's with all the fools? I mean, sorry, people. <laughs> Staying positive. What is with all these lovely people waiting in their cars? They're not lazy. I'm like, why, why would you? There is like 15 cars deep, right? And then nobody in the parking lot because nobody wants to get out anymore. I, I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm out. I'm, I'm a bounce. I'm out of here. So I'll order ahead, and then I run in, and I grab my drink. And so I was in actually a city I'm not even from, and I run in. And when I run into the store, I'm getting ready to tell the girl my name, but she has already picked up the drink, and she's handing it to me. And I go, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> she goes, I know. Okay. Now, in my mind, you know, I've always, all my life, I've always said, just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're not after you. All right? <laughs> so I'm like, this proves my theory true. I'm like, Alexa, you're getting it when we get home. You've been telling everybody everything about me. And she goes, no, I know who you are. I, I, I saw you speak one time at a convention. And I'm like, oh, right? And then I was like, oh, man, I should have done my hair today. <laughs> but then I think to myself, gosh, thank God I was nice. I showed up in an event one time to, to speak, and I walk in, and I look at this lady, and I go, now, now this was in my seat. I look at this girl, and I go, wait a second, I know you. I know you. And she goes, yeah, I'm your barista. Right? I told you I had an addiction, folks. <laughs> she goes, I'm your barista. I go, oh, that's right, you are. In Florence, South Sac. She goes, yeah, yeah. I go, you've been my barista for a while. She goes, yeah, I know who you are the whole time. I never outed you. And I said these words, am I nice? <laughs> she goes, yes. Listen to this. You're very nice. One morning, your decaf, uh, uh, venti decaf iced Americano with extra ice, light water. It wasn't, just thrown out, out there for you. Uh, she goes, it wasn't ready yet. And you had to wait a long time, but you were patient. That people are watching how you're going to, just to even to your coffee. Because we know that can shake us up in this culture. Yeah, where's my, can I talk to the manager, right? We all have a Karen in us. Come on, folks. You're a walking Bible to be read by others. The Bible is the good news. You are to be good news for everyone. You are good news for the Republican. You're good news for the Democrat. You're good news for the gay. You're good news for the straight. You are good news for your mother-in-law. You are to be good news. I am good news. We can't let anything else drop the good news. Little play on words there. We got to keep the main thing the main thing, folks. We're losing it. We're losing the main thing. We think it's all about our rights. <laughs> and then Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. Wait a second, what? Have you ever noticed, have you ever had cross envy? You look at somebody else's cross and you're like, hey, how come mine's really heavy made out of wood? Theirs is out of styrofoam. 
I think she even bedazzled her cross. She likes her cross, Lord. My cross is so heavy. We got to keep the main thing the main thing. I was about 21 years old, and I went up to my pastor. I'll never forget, and I said, I was so proud of myself. And I said, Pastor, Pastor Hood, I'm so excited because today we are going to be lining Highway 70, and we are going to be picketing and holding up anti-abortion signs. And I'll never forget his words to me. He said, well, honey, until everyone has heard the gospel, then you can take up another cause. Oh, Brother Hood. Okay. Was Brother Hood saying that abortion was right? Was he saying it should be legalized? No. He was reminding me that there's a higher calling. Because when people get saved, the Holy Spirit does a work that we can't do, and a sign will never do, my friends. Am I saying not to vote? Nope. Not saying not to vote. Please vote. If you have issues come up later, I can tell you everything I'm not saying. All right? So I have to say to myself, before I do certain things, because I have influence, whether I know it or not, I have to say, will this bumper sticker on my truck keep someone from receiving Jesus? Some of y'all are going to be backing out of the parking lot this morning. <laughs> Keeping the main thing, the main thing means we're okay with not shouting our political opinions all over social media because we want Jesus to be the stumbling block, not my opinion. See, the gospel's hard enough already. It's offensive enough already. Folks, the way to Jesus is narrow enough without us pushing people from the path with our idle words. Matthew 12, 36 says, I tell you this on the day of judgment. Seriously, this makes me want to weep. People will give account for every careless word they speak. What is a careless word? The dictionary defines it as empty rhetoric, insincere, or exaggerated talk. So I asked myself, and I wrote this, Shar, do you want to win an online debate and show off your wit? Acquiring more likes. Or do you want to make Jesus famous? You can't do both. And so I close with this. I know it wasn't very long, but it was what I felt the Lord asked me to say this morning. I don't even know why. I said, Lord... These poor folk, <laughs> they're probably wonderful. They probably don't struggle with any of these things, God. Maybe this is a message for myself, and I should just stand up and give it to myself in the mirror. But it was so impressed on my heart that I said, okay, God. See, churches tend to spend a lot of money on billboards and websites and social media channels. And we hire now content creators and videographers and graphic artists. And we're constantly trying to figure out, figure out the algorithms and the new marketing strategies and promotion, promotion, promotion. But Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell aren't going to prevail. And the greatest strategy 
for the church is a changed life. Bumping into someone, hey, what happened? Oh, I found this man named Jesus, and he changed everything. Folks, may we always be a church that's based on attraction rather than promotion. Would you just bow your heads with me? Lord, forgive us. We've not handled things as right as we should have. When the shaking happened, things came out of our salt shaker that weren't of you, God. They weren't the fruits of the Spirit, they were our opinions. And our fears. Hmm. See, anger is usually really sad's bodyguard. <laughs> and we've been dealing with a lot of things lately, Lord. We've got so many apps open, and our climate, it's been crazy lately, God. But Father, you have always said there's nothing new under the sun. And so God, we ask today, Jesus, that we would be men and women of faith that would take this challenge today that we are going to keep the main thing, the main thing. Oh, Father, the path is narrow, Lord. Help my words to be kind and sweet so that people will be attracted to you, Jesus. The way I live, to be kind and sweet so that people will be attracted to you. That I exude patience in the face of intolerance so that I can tell someone about you. And I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends and help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Central Valley Church, go to CBC.